0: Welcome to Taking a Walk, an excursion to converse, connect, and catch up
1: at a cool location with some of the most interesting people you can find.
0: Here's Buzz Knight.
1: So this is uh, part two of Taking a Walk um, here at Fresh Pond with my friend Steve Sweeney. And we're having a great day here. A great yeah. walk, great Beautiful conversation. A yeah. uh, yeah. lot of amazing dogs uh, around you know, we're here.
0: We're just sitting here, and this dog decided to rest next to us. It's so cool, and he's uh, he's breathing pretty heavy. He's uh, he's got a big uh, big uh, co- big big coat. Why don't we walk again? Yeah, we've been sitting on the bench. Do you um, do you have a dog, Steve? I've got two of them. And they're not happy that I'm here without them, believe me. Oh, what kind of dogs? i got two Goldens. They're my third and fourth Goldens, and they're wonderful. Zorba and Layla. Now, Layla is the greatest rock and roll song of all time. And then Zorba is my favorite book, Zorba the Greek. That's cool. And the movie with Anthony Quinn. Nikos Kazantzakis. (laughs) That's awesome. I love to read. That's one thing I love to do. And I like to read actual books. I don't like Kindle and all that.
1: The the short, uh, there's something called short form uh, that takes books and reduces uh, 300 pages to 10. I don't think you'd be a fan of that.
0: But that's all plot, you know? Yeah. When you you read the book, you get into the feeling of the place and the language and the characters, the dialogue, you know. Um, Do you remember the first time you read Catcher in the Rye? Catcher in the Rye was sort of first year in college, but the book I think that really influenced me the most, I think I was only like 12, was Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. And I can remember weeping at the end of it. Really? And that feeling of not wanting a book to end. Yeah. It was great. And I remember when I was a kid, like seven, eight, there used to be this series called Chip Hilton, who was a sports guy. and played all these sports. Can you have those dreams? That's why I picked Fresh Pond. When I was young, I can remember being right over a spot to our left and looking at the clouds, you know, lying down, looking at the clouds. You know how you do that? Yep. And I said, someday I want to go to Montana. And I did, you know, uh, Glacier National Park up there. And so this was a place that I had a lot of dreams. And then in my height of my addiction came up here and did cocaine and you know, it was so obscene you know because here we are in this beautiful natural spot but anyway that was in the past
1: did you know it was when was the moment that said I gotta get on the straight and
0: narrow I mean did you have there one was a pivotal place, moment there was a lot of them but yeah There was a moment I worked at Nick's Comedy stop and across the street was this bar called Dominic's and um at the time it was the combat zone, not the theater district. So I said, oh my God, it it just hit me. It's like when you were in Sedona, like it hit you. And sometimes you just know, you know, your mind keeps talking. Well, what's the logical sense of this? But that feeling of knowing. Yeah. And it really hit me. I can't stop. I'm on my third beer. I can't fucking stop. Mm-hmm. And it scared the shit out of me. And I knew I was like killing myself. So anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: So the first time you met these Farrelly guys, can you remember that? And yeah, what, there was what, a what guy, that, there that? was a
0: guy named John Dennis. Remember John sure. Dennis?
1: Yeah, radio guy. He invited me to guy. play
0: golf and I played with Bobby and Peter. And we hit it off right away. The 80s was a big time for stand-up. And Peter knew me, and Bobby knew me, and we're like great friends now. And Peter wrote me a text that... I wish you could frame text that... He said, thank you for this movie, this did a stellar job. And he said, you've inspired me for a lot of years. And I, it was like, I don't know how I did that, but it was because he inspires me. He's the most generous person and absolutely brilliant. If you saw Green Book and... yep. And all the comedies, and he's going in a different direction. That to me is very inspiring. When somebody takes their life and just follows their own path and goes in another direction as a serious director, and he's worked with everybody. And so, I look back on my career. I worked with Denzel Washington, John Travolta. I was friends with George Carlin, uh, Peter Falk. I don't mean to bother you. You remember Peter Falk? Sure tell you a quick story. I was, did a movie called, uh, it's, called, it's on, net, uh, on demand called The Money Kinks. So it was originally called The Big. So I would be doing that movie during the week and then on weekends I'd come back to the Kowloon. <laughs> so we're shooting this in New York and Peter said to me at the end of the shooting, you know I've known a lot of people. Met a lot of people in my business, but I got to tell you, you by far, by far, Sweeney, you are the most fucked up human being. <laughs> it was beautiful. When I look back on it, I, I look on it as a fan. You know, like I did the equalizer with Denzel. And we. one night I got to, you know, we got to talk. And we were having a conversation like you and I are having a conversation. So... I'm pretending I'm just having a conversation. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, I'm fucking talking to Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing. I guess amazing. it would be like talking to Springsteen or something because they be, they become so so much a part of your life, and then you meet them, and they want you to be normal. Well, so... You know, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell a story Give about... Give me an example of that For, uh, in your life. You've met a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, well, I,
1: I'm going to give you an example that it falls under the category of regrets <laughs> okay and I don't really have tremendous regret right. I'm grateful for my life and what I have and I'm probably not grateful enough in some moments but I try to practice gratitude but I do have a regret we went to see Bob Dylan many years ago this is Bob Dylan yeah. Right? I mean, it's wow. freaking Bob Dylan. And yeah. right before the show, the label guy says, we're going upstairs. There's about nine of us that were at dinner. We're going to go see Bob. It's like, no. So wow. we go up there, and Bob was introduced to us, and he makes eye contact only then when wow. he met us. Yeah, and then... I understand. ...no eye contact after that. Yeah. And... But he does say to us, anyone want to do a shot of whiskey? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, good for him. No one did it. We were petrified because we were saying, That's the voice of a generation. Um, I don't want to, you know, have a shot. <laughs> like, everybody was afraid which wow. is kind of like wow. so i kid with people saying that's yeah. my only regret and i can't think of really many others i wish i did the shot with bob but you know for all i know i would have made a babbling fool of myself and embarrassed well, myself no, in front know, of the voice of a generation
0: you <laughs> know we're, we're very lucky to have but you know he's a very private guy and i can understand why i saw him on 60 minutes he said he was trying to ed bradley was interviewing him And he said, you know, even up here in Woodstock, he said, no one leaves me alone. He said, they come to the door, and this was, you can look it up in 60 Minutes, they asked me things about organic farming, and Ed Bradley says, what do you know about organic farming? And he says, not a thing. (laughs) But he said he goes into a restaurant, and it's so weird because half the people are trying to say, is that him, is that not him? It's hard it's being gotta Bob It's got to be, Dylan, oh my you know?
1: God. It's got to be incredibly uh, hard. Did you get to check out the Beatles uh, special? No, I want to.
0: Yeah. I, I have, you know, it's funny. Because I'm addicted to the Beatles and all that. And um, when, when uh, they broke up, John Lennon to me came up as so bitter and such a prick and, sh- and pissing on all the years they did. And then um i always liked paul anyway and it turns out george has a dark side and the whole thing so i love the beatles you know it's 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 kind of weird seeing them as human beings isn't it
1: yeah and, and i didn't see it did you see it yes i absolutely loved it and, Oh, good and you see it you see them as people yeah. in a different way. I mean
0: They grew up together.
1: They were they were old right. buddies
0: in like in Charlestown or where you grew up. You yeah, know?
1: and you know what's cool about the the, the special is um, they were filming for this two-week period pretty much everything. And there's some people who say, well they're mugging for the cameras and they're 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 not really in a natural, you know, sort of way. But the cameras were rolling constantly. So right. you do right. see some, you know, darkness, some, you know, bitterness, some, you know, some some struggles. But one of the great things about the special, and there's many, is we were always led to believe at that point that things were really nasty then. Right, yeah. And, and you know what? They were still... Uh, fooling around. Fooling around. Yeah. They clearly enjoyed being with each other um so it really but what is
0: she doing she's just sitting there on the fucking speaker Yoko she's just
1: knitting she's like reading the newspaper there's almost like a bit you could do but I mean
0: what but why is why is she there George said that she clearly uh I don't know
1: it feels like she just had to be there because John was there, and John John's needed making a, a statement, a security blanket. It was a statement, but it didn't seem to affect their uh, collaboration. Well,
0: you know, Ringo, I saw in an interview, and he said, he said to John, he said, "What the fuck is this? This is creeping me out. It's never. We never have anybody here." Yeah. and then. She, According to Ringo, John explained it, and then it was okay. And Paul always puts a good spin on everything, and he said he was glad they became friends again, but Paul was on Howard Stern, or something, and he called up Yoko, and she, he said, uh, you know, I think John would want us to be nice to each other, whatever, and she said, well, don't do me any favors, and so he said, I saw her as cold and pushy, Then, of course, being Paul, he changes around. Now I don't see it that way, you know? Right. Paul wants to get along with everybody now. Although, did you hear he called the Rolling Stones a blues cover band? (laughs) You know, I think that was blown out of proportion, too. I do agree. See, it's... uh, Soundbite. Yeah, I mean, if you say a thousand sentences, and they take one, you know... I agree. I mean, we... uh, we take our heroes so seriously. But I always liked Paul because he seemed to keep it together. And, yeah. And he explained on how it he was trying to tell them we could lose all our frickin' money here with these lawyers and everything, you know? And yeah. Who were uh, some of your other favorite... Uh, um, I love Mark Knopfler. I buy every one of his solo albums and the first listening I remember this, when I was on the air, you brought in Sailing to Philadelphia, yeah, and we played that song, one song, and usually with his albums you listen two or three times, but now it's just, sometimes the first time you hear something you love it, but with his albums, they grow on you and grow on you and grow on you. Are you a Mark Knopfler fan?
1: Love Mark Knopfler. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with you too. It's just yeah. it's like a fine, you know, a fine wine, if you will. It's just it's amazing, you know. Now
0: I like Van Morrison. I'm a huge fan, but I'm usually disappointed in his last maybe five albums. Yeah. I just I don't know. I my favorite album of Van is Hymns to the Silence, which is not everybody's favorite. It's a double white album. It's got the Chieftains on it and it's just, it's great. So I like Mark, I like Van. I love that the Stones are still doing it. I mean I can't believe Mick Jagger's 80 and he's fucking running around the stage. To me that's inspiring. Um, So I think music
1: is so amazing if you think about it because it's this unifying force that you know it pulls at your heart and you could be crying at something that it's so beautiful or touching or evokes a memory or it just lifts you up if you're in a down moment and just it's like it's 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 an amazing elixir it's you uh,
0: find yourself listening to the same stuff all the time
1: I do at times but I go through cycles. I just recently went through a big Steely Dan cycle. Oh, I love Steely Dan. And yeah. and uh and you know, got my wife really interested in it. She was never really a big Steely Dan fan and then suddenly, I mean, it's amazing the the fact that you can, you know, get your Sonos and play your music through there and, you know, this idea of uh you know spotify or yeah. apple well it's, I, it's, I, it's like uh, going to tower records and I, picking I anything got a, out
0: i got a recommendation for you yeah love it they're a country band but they do covers they're called the mavericks oh yeah, yeah. saw him play once this guy has got a voice that is otherworldly it reminds me of roy orbison mm-hmm. and they do a version of um uh, it was right after one of those terrible shootings we have of how can you break break a broken heart you know by Bee Gees and they do hungry heart and their whole band is just about joy you know they just kind of like George Thorogood. you know it's just a show yeah well it's been fun
1: talking to you well my god Steve this has been really tremendous let's just close on this okay we we, um, we, we've been taking a walk here in Fresh Pond yeah Um, any other places you like taking a walk and and could be in
0: Boston it could be well, anywhere. I'll, I'll tell you a town that's always had mystic like resonance for me Lincoln Lincoln to me is like I was living here in Cambridge Cogswell Lab go out there and say like this is the country you know Lincoln reminds me of Vermont or whatever it's it's a beautiful walk Lincoln Mass up by the, the Corveter Museum or just the downtown you've been there i love it yeah yeah that's nearby where i live yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah and then of course when you get older all you're thinking about is how much would it cost to live in this fucking place you know <laughs> right you know, you know exactly. oh yeah mean?
1: especially now
0: i mean you know but yeah walking is a wonderful thing there's a wonderful book called uh i forget what it's called but it's uh walking on the uh Appalachian Trail, you know that mm-hmm. guy, the, yep. the, the travel writer. and Yep. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for taking a walk. I appreciate your, yeah. your
1: generosity. Or golf, a good the, walk wasted, right? right? Exactly. So it's nice to uh, yeah. reconnect, reconnect. And, and uh, I wish you
0: well, my and friend. And you know what? We are just getting started. That's how I feel. You know, I feel like I'm just getting started. Thanks for the
1: inspiration, and thanks for the friendship. All right, buddy. Good health.
0: Taking a Walk
1: with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.